Spring deals at Ross will have you saying, it's a yes for me. Say yes to trending looks like tube tops, dad shorts, and mini skirts for less than online, or vintage tees and beach shorts for a weekend getaway. With all the styles to choose from, there's a yes around every corner. Because saving money and looking good is what you do. It's a yes for you and your bank account. Hit up Ross for your certified yes for me moment. Listening to your favorite podcast? That's smart. Earning your degree online from Southern New Hampshire University? That's really smart. With 24-7 access to coursework, no set class times, and dedicated student support, you can go to school when and where it works for you. Low online tuition means you can even do it for less. And dedicated student support means we'll be with you from day one to graduation and beyond. Join a community of learners just like you. Go to snhu.edu today to start your free application. Hey, hey, welcome to another episode of She. In this episode, I am talking with Laura Wittig to learn a little bit more about getting started with sustainable living. I thought this might be something that our community would find interesting as I've shared quite a bit on my clean living journey. Typically, once you get into the clean living or non-toxic, you know, product world, you start hearing about these other words like eco-friendly and sustainable and fair trade. And I started to notice that. And I, I, I found myself feeling like, what do all these words mean? Like, are, do they all mean the same thing? Are they slightly different? There's different labels that mean not tested on animals or fair trade. And it can be hard to differentiate the differences between all of them and what to really look for and how to make small, simple changes in our life without maybe overhauling our entire life to make a little bit more conscious decisions. So Laura is here to help us out. Laura is the co-founder of Brightly.eco, which is a media platform that features content, community, and brand recommendations that ignite change via conscious consumers. And so she is giving us, I appreciate her very grace-based approach that she's giving us, but she's giving us some tips and practical steps that we could take. If this is something that interests you, if this is something that's close to your heart, but you just feel a little bit overwhelmed by, or something that you're just even a little interested in and would love to learn about, I found myself feeling curious. And so I thought, well, might as well get on the phone, have a conversation and record it and share it with you. So I asked Laura a bunch of different questions, everything from what is sustainability? Why is it important to what are misconceptions that people typically have around living a more conscious lifestyle to what brands we should be looking for, what labels actually mean, how to understand them and what small swaps and steps we can take in our everyday life if we want to begin you know, implementing this in small ways in our life. So all of that said, this is a power packed super practical and really interesting. I just find it so fascinating. Such an interesting episode. So buckle up. Let's dive into this conversation with Laura. You're listening to She with Jordan Lee Dooley, a personal development podcast for the everyday woman. Come invited, leave ignited. Here's your host, Jordan Lee Dooley. Hi, Jordan. Uh, It's great to be here. Yeah, great to have you. This is such an interesting topic. It's one that we haven't covered yet on the show. But when I saw it come through, I was like, oh, that would be so fun to talk about. So I'm really excited. And I know that you have a unique background. And I would love to hear a little bit about that. How did you go from working at Google and with Amazon and Adobe to then founding Brightly? Uh, And also, can you tell us a little bit about what that is and how you discovered your passion for sustainability? Absolutely. Well, it's it's great to be here. So I'm the CEO and co-founder of Brightly. Brightly is the number one destination for conscious consumers online. We actually reach over 2 million millennial and Gen Z women every single day who are looking to live 
more eco-friendly lives from a realistic, non-judgmental perspective. Um, so this is all of us, yeah. <laughs> uh, right? Like we're all trying to do better. Uh, we all have questions about you know, what different certifications and labels mean. Um, we have questions about easy swaps and ways to, you know, create change without making huge waves in our personal lives. Um, and, you know, Brightly is able to reach um, our current audience through social channels, really big on TikTok and Instagram. Um, we have a website that features really engaging, thoughtful content, brand and product recommendations. So when you're ready to shop, we're there for you. We vet everything that comes through our recommendations. And then we have a lot of community aspect because we figured out really quickly, you know, as my co-founder and I were going on this journey ourselves, we figured look, it can be really lonely sometimes. You might feel like the only person in your friend or family circle that really seems to care <laughs> about about these things. Yeah. And, you know, in a world where we're faced with, uh, you know, sort of climate crises going on left and right, I think most of us want to shut down and just say, you know what, I know some bad things are going on in the planet, but I, I don't know what to do. So we kind of shut off because there's that anxiety. But what we really believe in strongly of Riley is the power of conscious consumerism, right? The power to vote with your dollars and create change that way. And in terms of my background, I actually started my career. Um, it's It's been a lifelong career in tech. And I, and I started at Amazon specifically. Mm-hmm. And my whole job was to sell as many shoes and handbags as I possibly could. (laughs) I was in the fashion space and I got really good at that job. I actually ended up running the most successful email program at the company at the time in my early 20s. And so from a professional perspective, I was seeing a lot of success there. But as I took a step back, I started to realize that my job was directly creating a lot of waste Mm -hmm. in the planet. I also sat directly in front of the fashion editor's closet and I would get headaches. And of course, at the time, I thought it was because I was stressed out of work. But as it turns out, there was a lot of sample shoes and handbags that were coming through that were made with PVC. And they had that kind of weird plasticky smell that you might kind of get sometimes if you open up a new product. And so I was actually getting headaches um, from that kind of off gassing. So I started to investigate personally, like, what does sustainable fashion mean? Um, You know, what are the supply chains around the world that power what we wear? And, you know, what I discovered was pretty shocking. So, you know, I started to become more of a minimalist in my own life. I did a capsule wardrobe. I'm sure your listeners have heard of that. It's That's so fun <laughs> um, and, and very freeing. And so I started to realize that as a consumer, I actually had power, whether that was choosing not to buy as many throwaway items and, you know, choosing to purchase things that were made more responsibly or, you know, potentially sending a message to some of these bigger companies. Like even when I go to Costco, right, like I can choose that fair trade coffee mm-hmm. over Um, some non-fair trade coffee. And that's going to tell Costco, hey, our customers care about this. Mm -hmm. We should buy more green products. Mm -hmm. So I think of sustainability, or at least the the conscious consumerism perspective of sustainability as so important um, in terms of just the daily choices we make. And of course, we can't let our governments off the hook. Of course, we need some change at a large systemic level. And I always tell our audience to do the research and, and think about it on a local level, too, because there's so many nuances here. So anyway, that's just like a really basic overview, but I'm happy to kind of get into whatever we want to in that perspective. Yeah, no, thank you for sharing that. And I find it so interesting because I think the reason I found this such a fascinating thing to dig into a little bit more is because over the last, I would say, probably 12 to 18 months, 
I've focused a lot more on like the quality of products and trying to buy, you know, lower my chemical burden and whatnot. And if we're doing that kind of in a small way within our own homes or our own beauty bags and whatnot, I feel like this is just kind of like kind of goes hand in hand in a way. Like it kind of is similar to me in the sense that you're being a lot more conscious about the brands you're supporting, what you're buying, why you're doing what you're doing, rather than just grabbing what's convenient. Because I think we've become a culture that's very used to just convenience. And so I find it really intriguing and fascinating to learn about ways we can be a little bit more intentional about the choices that we're making, what we're choosing to you know, purchase, what we're choosing to wear, what we're choosing to put on our bodies, in our bodies, all those things. So anyways, all of that said, I'm really thankful for your willingness to share some of how you got into this and your background. So from my understanding, what you just shared, it doesn't sound like you've always lived a sustainable lifestyle. And that was kind of a journey through your career. But I would love if you could share what is sustainability for someone who's listening, like, okay, does that mean environmentally friendly? Like, what does that actually mean? Sure. So the way we talk about it from a Brightly perspective might be a little bit different than like the scientific meaning of it. Mm -hmm. I mean, typically when you think about sustainability, it should mean, you know, planet friendly um, and things that are good for the earth. Um, So sustainability, meaning they are uh, processes that the environment, you know, has that are not going to be damaging, you know, to, to the, to the planet. Um, And so, you know, we like to use that word uprightly a lot. We also like to use the word eco-friendly because they go very hand in hand with us. The word ethical gets thrown around a lot. And I think back when it used to be combined with the word sustainability, it was a bit more defined. Now I think when we think about the ethics behind, you know, what goes into our supply chains and our product purchasing decisions, that's even a different kind of vector there too. So what we actually have our audience and really just anyone who's interested in going about this journey start with is we actually, we even have a quiz on our website that helps people do this, but we say, what are the values that you really care about when you're going on this journey, right? You mentioned chemicals and wanting to reduce the chemical load that you're experiencing on your body. There's also people who are interested in the um, animal rights perspective. Um, So people who have chosen to become more plant-based in their diets, people who want to make sure that they're not using like, you know, animal byproducts in their daily life. There's other people who care really strongly about the uh, human aspect, like how are the people treated who are creating these products for me? So there's a bunch of different, um, you know, values that you can think about. We call those your sustainability superpower, right? Because that's going to be your the way that you choose to prioritize and rank things because there might be a product that is made with the most eco-friendly material that the product could be of, <laughs> But then you find that it might not be made as ethically as you thought it was, right? And so what are the trade-offs there? So there's always trade-offs. We talk about that a lot. We also have our own podcast called Good Together. And it's, you know, that was why we started the podcast was because we really felt like, you know, a lot of these issues, because they're not black and white, they needed to be talked about, right? So we we do have those conversations on the podcast, on the website in general, but that's really where it all started from. It came from a point of authenticity um, and realisticness and wanting people to understand that. So that's kind of how I would think about sustainability. Yeah, that's super helpful. So interesting. I'm curious too, as just kind of piggybacking off of that, would you say that there's some misconceptions people have about sustainability? And if so, what would you say those are when it comes to living a more sustainable or conscious lifestyle? Absolutely. So we actually just did, um, this is one of our most popular questions we get for the community. And we just talked about it. <laughs> and so one of the main ones, I think probably the top one is that sustainable living is expensive, right? Most people think this is something that is only for people who have a lot of disposable income. 
Um, and actually, I challenge that a lot because if we think back to, we always laugh about this, this anecdote, but think back to your dad who probably used to hassle you for um, wearing shorts in the middle of winter and you'd be like, hey, go put on a sweater. And you'd be like, dad, I'm cold. Mm-hmm. He was doing that because he didn't want to waste money necessarily on the heating bill. Mm-hmm. But he, by doing that, he actually was being eco-friendly because he was, you know, trying to conserve resources, um, in his case, financial, but in, if we think about the aggregate is actually um, you know, from a power perspective. And so there oftentimes the choice to not do something is one of the most eco-friendly things you can do, right? Not buying stuff brand new. You can go thrift shopping. Um, you can, you know, have secondhand things passed down. Um, so I really think whether you're choosing to just not buy something or you're choosing to hold on to something for longer or buying something secondhand, mm-hmm. um, that is a big misconception. Hmm. So interesting. Makes so much yeah. sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. I never even thought about that. Like buying something secondhand. That that's like such a simple thing too. It's just changing yeah. the way that you're shopping a little bit. Um, Another popular one I'll share too yeah. because it comes up all the time is that you have to be a vegan. Um, and I think that's because vegan um, and sort of more plant forward eating is is so popular right now. And the people that have chosen that lifestyle, I say more power to you because. Most people, when you talk to them about the reasons why why they've done that, is it, they do see it as a statement, right? They want to make sure that you know there there's reasons that they they're excited to share about, right? So most of us though cannot go go vegan for various reasons and family reasons, health reasons, etc. And that's okay. What you can do is you can just generally cut back on your meat and dairy consumption because we. We do know um, that, you know, beef uh, and and also dairy consumption are not as good for the environment. Like we all know that collectively. (laughs) So if we actually here, here, an interesting statistic we like to think about is if everybody in the United States reduced their consumption of beef, pork and poultry by just a quarter, we would actually save about 82 million metric tons of greenhouse gas emissions per year just in the United States. And that's just a quarter, right? So we're not saying everybody has to go vegan. We're saying, why don't you try doing Meatless Monday with your family um, and getting people excited about about it from that perspective? So really, in our mind, every swap can make a difference. Yeah, so interesting. It just It's it's interesting because the the process and I love that you said that only because I think especially when I hear this or like kind of what I was sharing about my clean, clean beauty, clean living journey. At first, it feels massively overwhelming. You're like, oh, yes. I have to go all in. And it's just I have to give up everything that I like using. And when I went on my clean, my clean living journey, it was kind of like, oh, wait, it's just making one small swap at a time or making a small little tweak. It's not necessarily overhauling your entire life overnight and changing up everything that you love. So I really appreciate you kind of digging into those misconceptions because I think it can otherwise feel like, oh, not for me, you know? Um, Exactly. Yeah. So interesting. Okay. So for the woman who's listening, who maybe has never thought twice about the brands or the products she's using, what are your recommendations for easy, practical first steps if she's interested in getting started and living a little bit more sustainably? So we already talked a little bit about thinking, taking a long, hard look at what the values are that you treasure the most. Um, so actually, my my team at Brightly, we did this exercise recently where we said, like, why are you excited about working for Brightly? And everybody showed a picture, which was kind of fun. So we had like some people showed pictures of their children and they said, 
I want to create a better world for my children. There are other people who had pictures of animals and they're like, I want to conserve the world for the animals. So we all kind of have different ways that we are being motivated to be more planet friendly. And so once you figure that out, then you can, again, kind of figure out, okay, what are the certifications and um, things that I can look for that map back to those values? So let's take clean beauty as an example. So clean beauty is very buzzy right now. It's been trendy for the past few years. And there is greenwashing there. We have to make sure we talk about that meaning like if something's going to say it's clean, I want you to look for like a leaping bunny certification, which means that it was not tested on animals. I want you to look for the true organic certification and, and just kind of read the back of the label um, and just take a quick second because we are seeing bigger brands. Some of these more household names come out with products that they're calling clean, which by the way, I think is great. Some people are kind of anti big corporation from that perspective. But when you think about an accessibility standpoint, mm-hmm. most people in this country have access to a Walmart, which is going to typically have some of those bigger brands compared to some of the smaller brands. So I'm all for these bigger companies coming out with clean alternatives, but let's make sure they're actually clean, right? So look at the label, see if you understand what it says. I find that most stuff that's relatively clean doesn't have a bunch of jargon on there. I can generally understand it. So that's kind of my like, I don't know, kind of basic test what I do. Um, And then just thinking about just being more mindful when we purchase things. So whether we're looking for those certifications, whether we're thinking long and hard again about what we actually need, and then being curious. So for instance, I think we all think recycling is a great thing. We can all um, agree on that. However, most of us probably aren't recycling correctly because it's actually kind of complicated and it's can kind of drive us nuts. So what I tell people is, look, if you really want to recycle thoughtfully, just be really careful about what you're putting in there, right? Like clean stuff before it goes in there. You know, if it's got any residue on it, try and get that off and then put aluminum and stuff. But don't like wish cycle where you're like, wait a second, this has got some plastic on it. Maybe it can go in there. Odds are it probably can't. So like, I just tell people to err on the safe side there. So again, just being curious, asking these questions, using resources online, whether it's Brightly or other places, just, you know, just, just doing a little bit of research and, and seeing it as like a fun thing to do, like almost consider it like another hobby, because I think once you start to uncover this information, you feel a lot more empowered about what's going on around you. And you can also talk to friends and family about it. It can be kind of fun. Hey mom, first things first, thank you. It's my one year anniversary of my decision to say, yes, I need help, and yes, I choose me. And that's the miracle. I'm lucky that the strongest person I know is my own mother. Love you, mom, Maxwell. Be that strong person who makes the difference. If your loved one is struggling with drugs and alcohol, reach out to Karen for a different kind of addiction treatment. Visit caron.org slash lost. With two little kids, I do most of my shopping online now, but it can be so hard to shop for things like clothes online because I never know if I'm getting good quality until it arrives. The game changer, upgrading to high quality, affordable pieces from Quince. Now I have luxury essentials that transition from one occasion to the next, and I stayed on budget. Quince has so many options to choose from, like 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karat gold jewelry. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. 
And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. One of my favorite items from Quince is the silk pajamas I got. They are so high quality, a luxury pajamas, but not at a luxury price tag. And I just feel like they don't even compare to some of the other pajamas that I have bought online or that I've bought um, just at various different stores. And like, these are incredible. <laughs> Indulge in affordable luxury by going to quince.com slash she for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash she to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash she. Everything is changing so fast. I mean, back in my day, we were lucky if we could get one video to load. But now with the Xfinity 10G network, you can power a house full of devices at once with ultra low lag. The future starts now. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and not guaranteed. Thrive Market is a go-to for all your grocery and household essentials, and the convenience of getting everything online then quickly shipped to your doorstep is a huge time saver. Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and sourcing methods. They restrict hundreds of ingredients across their food and cleaning categories, and you can use their on-site filters to suit your lifestyle needs. Whether you're looking for organic kid snacks, low-sugar alternatives, or gluten-free pantry essentials, you can curate your own shopping experience with just a few clicks. And when you shop Thrive Market, you are also helping a family in need with their one for one membership matching program. You join and they give. I use Thrive Market every single month. I get our dish detergent, dish soap, and various other just basic household essentials that are low-tox and non-tox ingredients. And it is the easiest way to get all of my favorite clean items sent right to my door at an affordable price, I should add. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash she for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash she. Thrivemarket.com slash she. I want to circle back to something you shared because when we were talking about searching for products, you said something about it has a bunny label on it, which means you said it wasn't tested on animals. Um, Can you explain, then you said to make sure that it's real, you know, they're actually organically or certified organic. Can you explain some of those things? I want to recap that because I'd be curious just as a consumer, what are some things to really be looking for when choosing products and brands? So I just wanted to recap that because we kind of went through it quickly. Can you explain what those things we should be looking for are those different labels? Absolutely. So there's so many different ethical and sustainable labels you can look for. Um, I mentioned Leaping Buddy, Leaping Bunny, excuse me. That's one that's really commonly used on clean beauty products. Again, it's making sure that um, the product was not tested on animals. There's also, I mean, we actually have a really fun breakdown on our site because there's so many of them. But when you look in the back, you'll see, you'll start to notice these little labels, right? And so Another really popular one is the fair trade label. Um, So fair trade is, you know, making sure that companies and products that have that label have been produced with fair wages and safe working conditions without child labor. Mm -hmm. So that's another one you'll see that commonly more on on food, Mm -hmm. but you're starting to see it more on clothing. Actually, Target just came out with their fair trade certified denim line, which is pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Um, So we're starting to see that become more and more adopted. Um, another one, of course, is USDA organic, right? So that's making sure that, that, you know, actually organic is one of the most stringent actual certifications out there in the United States, because if you're talking about produce, it has to be grown on soil that doesn't have any prohibited substances for three years mm. before it's harvested. So, and there's all sorts of other things that go into it, but that one is particularly interesting. A few others I can think of off the top of my head are more business related, because we're starting to see 
more and more businesses come forward and say like, okay, I want my business to also be certified in certain ways. So one is a B corporation. So um, a B corporation is that stands, I forget what the B is, but basically it means um, the uh, company must meet minimum requirements of ethical impact on workers, customers, and the environment. So they go through a really lengthy process. Our company is in the process of going through a two um, climate neutral certification where companies can buy carbon offsets to basically reduce the amount of carbon emissions that they are generating from a company perspective. So there's a bunch out there and I don't, I don't want people to feel overwhelmed. I just want you to, you know, if you're looking at the front of a product and it says, eco-friendly, organic, et cetera. I want you to like flip it around and see if it actually has visible certifications on it because that is really difficult to, it can be difficult to suss out whether or not they're telling the truth if you don't see a certification. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're buying something online, that can be a little bit harder. So especially if you're using Amazon or something like that where you can't actually physically flip it around. So some of these companies like Amazon are coming out with ways to tell um, you know, they have different certifications themselves, but just being curious, I think, can help a lot. Yeah. You use the word greenwashing, and we've touched on that once or twice in the podcast before, but for anyone who's not listened to those episodes or is unfamiliar with what that is, can you just give us a quick overview of what does it mean to greenwash and why does that matter? Well, it's kind of like what I was just talking about with, um, you know, bigger companies, well, bigger or smaller companies yeah. who see the new environmentally conscious movement as a moneymaker, (laughs) trendy and a moneymaker. And um, they want to put forward a product that is not going to meet some of these certifications like we talked about and just use broader terms. So like I said, the word eco-friendly, we use it brightly all the time. But if you're calling a product eco-friendly, you then kind of want to peek under the hood to see, well, what does that actually mean? Right? Like, um, a big offender oftentimes, especially when we think about fashion, is the supply chain. Mm-hmm. So you might be buying an organic cotton shirt, but it's made with an unethical supply chain um, overseas. And so you see that a lot with H&M. Unfortunately, H&M does have some amazing, um, they have a new conscious conscious line, which does really well, but they're not so great on their ethical uh, supply chains. So Again, this is one of those things where there's trade-offs where you might say, you know what, I only have $20 to spend on this shirt and I can spend $23 on an organic version and I'm going to feel good about the chemical situation, but I'm probably also going to have to realize that, you know, H&M doesn't have the most ethical supply chain. So that I think just goes back to those trade-offs. It goes back to wanting to be critical when we think about this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, like I said, the, I, I don't I don't dislike the fact that big companies are doing this. I think it's a positive step. Mm-hmm. But I do want us to make sure that we're not just like, okay, here's a new quote-unquote eco-friendly product from big brand. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, this is the best thing ever. Like, let's just think a little bit more critically about it. Yeah, absolutely. That's really helpful. Um, you touched on fair trade too. Can we just define what that is and why it's important? I know it has to do with um, supply chain and whatnot, but can you really kind of define that for us? Because we talked about a lot of things as that came up. Sure. So fair trade, um, there is a, you know, the fair trade organization um, that, that that is the one that is responsible for this. And um, specifically, uh, we're the most familiar with at Brightly with Fair Trade USA. We actually talked with their president recently and um, he he had a really great conversation with us and 
from his perspective, he he really said that he he believes fair trade is both a movement, a certification, and a philosophy. He thinks that it's truly a movement for social justice, better livelihoods, and sustainability. And this really goes back to the factory owners and the farmers by which, you know, the people who are employing the greater ecosystem by which products are made and harvested, fair trade gives those stakeholders a way to define responsible practices. So they actually have a 200-point checklist of social, environmental, and labor criteria. So the the organization itself actually goes out to the farms and they they verify them against those standards. So, you know, if you are at, um, you know, Target again, Costco, and you see that fair trade certified seal on a bag of coffee, you're going to know that the producers of that coffee got a better price and they took care of their workers and the planet. So that's really how we like to think of this fair trade. So is that why there tends to be, you had mentioned that misconception or that thought that living sustainably or by, or purchasing this way can be more expensive. Is that part of the reason why people might cons- consider that or might, might think that because it might make it, it to me, I'm when I'm thinking about it. I'm like, if there's a 200 point checklist that farmers have to follow in order to be certified, would that drive up the price of their products because they have to, you know, there might be other things that they have to do. Obviously, it sounds like there's multiple different criteria they have to meet and things like that um, that could potentially increase their costs or does that not change the price of the product? It's a good question. So the, the answer to that is it varies. So if you're if you're not purchasing from a larger company like a Costco or like a bulk purveyor, mm-hmm. those folks can usually work to get the price down. Um, so it will be more or less comparable to the non-fair trade. And okay. when you when you look at it from that perspective, but most of the time you do see it slightly more expensive. We're talking maybe a dollar or two more. So okay. yes, you're right. I think that is where that sort that sort of misconception comes from. Um, and again, it comes back to you know what is the most important to you. And I think. Whether you're looking to, again, go out and sort of revamp, we, people ask us all the time, like, hey, I need you guys to like eco my kitchen. <laughs> you know, I guess they're looking for like this giant checklist of everything that they should go out and buy. We actually say like, the most eco thing you can do in your kitchen is use what you already have, mm. right? Like use up, you could, like meal plan. I know we hate it, but like <laughs> meal plan and use up your food. Um, use the tools and the million utensils you already have because this unsustainable consumption cycle is really what's contributing to a lot of the woes that I think we're hearing about from a a sustainable consumer perspective. So there's that piece. But then when you're ready to buy something new, yes, like sometimes it'll be slightly more expensive. And I think that's just something you'll have to think about um, and and consider it as part of your purchasing behavior. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking about purchasing, I want to talk a little bit about grocery shopping and purchasing food. You had touched on the USDA organic certification, but what would you say are your top tips for how to live a more conscious lifestyle when it comes to buying groceries and the food we consume without maybe switching to all out veganism or, you know, you had mentioned that doesn't have to be what you do. So let's say that's not part of the equation, but just when it comes to buying groceries and food we consume as we normally would, what are your top tips for being a little bit more conscious about that? Sure. So we just touched on one, which is meal planning and making sure that we use up what we buy, particularly produce. 
it's very environmentally intensive to farm. Like we know it is, but we need to farm. So it's not a bad thing. We just want to make sure that we're eating the, the produce that we buy. Right. Avocados, I'm looking at you, right? Exactly. So if we're going to get a big batch of avocados, let's make a lot of guacamole, right? Mm-hmm. So first of all, let's do that. Never mind the fact that avocados require a ton of water. So they in particular can be, um, you know, we should make sure we're eating them, be careful. Another thing that we can do is, is buy locally. So that's oftentimes easier said than done. Um, I know a lot of us have the fantasy of going to the farmer's market on Sunday, but sometimes we don't make it there. Um, you can still look for pr- a produce that's grown locally at the, the grocery store. So just look on the label, see if it's grown close to home. Um, you know, oftentimes if you're buying produce, make sure it's in season, because if it's not, it's certainly going to be coming from an area that is not close by because they're going to have to grow it in different conditions. Um, I am excited about some, um, you know, different technology innovations that are happening with, you know, vertical farming and all sorts of really cool stuff where they're helping to reduce, you know, number one, the, the miles that are required to get your food to you, but also the the waste in the supply chain. Um, we've also been really into a brightly gardening lately. And I'm actually like I was what we would call that. like a black thumb. I'm really not great. Same. Like everything that I, that I touch seems to die. However, <laughs> um, there are ways that you can mitigate that. Like there's some really cool, there's something called Lettuce Grow. Um, it's actually co-founded by Zoe Deschanel. Um, and it's a vertical tower you can use to grow vegetables on. Um, it's not, yeah, it's super Whoa, cool called Lettuce Grow. Cool. Wait, this is like <laughs> something you can, is it indoor or outdoor or either one? Both. It's oh my both. gosh, yeah. this is amazing. Okay, keep going. Sorry. It's super cool. Yeah, no, yeah, for sure. so cool. Um, it's now the one thing I'll say is it's kind of expensive and I, I, I got a chance to chat with um, Zoe's co-founder and, you know, they're working on getting that price down, but mm. it's cool because you can actually, I mean, so my husband and I got one, we were gifted it by, by lettuce girl, but mm-hmm. we have gotten, gosh, I mean, months of salad off of that thing so far. Um, and it's, it's, it's actually uses hydroponics. So okay. you just, Put, you just fill the water up, you put your nutrients in there and it just gets going and it, it's, it's wonderful. And so it doesn't the reason, have soil? No, no soil. <gasps> this is insane. Okay. I'm yeah. really Googling it as we're speaking. This is insane. <laughs> yeah, so, no, it, it's really cool. Um, yeah. And there's also just different ways, like there's new products that kind of pop up here and there that help solve for some of these things. Right. Yeah. So while something like that is definitely an investment, we realize that. Mm-hmm. If you compare it, it might actually end up being cheaper in the long run for you, right? When you compare food waste and everything like that. So that's another thing you can do. Um, I'm trying to think anything else. I mean, the last thing I'd say, um, and we touched on a little bit earlier, is the concept of swaps. Mm -hmm. So we talk a lot about this. Um, We have this whole series on social media called Try This, Not That, where it's like, okay, here's some non-eco-friendly thing that I buy all the time, for instance, toilet paper. and the eco alternative is actually made of bamboo because it's a more renewable resource and sustainable um, compared to the other materials typically found in toilet paper. So just looking for those eco-friendly swaps as they present themselves, like I think it's a good way to just think about like eco-find your grocery uh, shopping trip if you think about it. Hmm. Yeah, so interesting. Okay, well, those are really helpful tips. And I want to circle back to the gardening thing only because I relate to you so much and I struggled to keep plants alive and then decided I was going to take up gardening and it's been a process. I did get my first carrot today though. So I have to say awesome. pretty exciting, but I would, I, I'm curious what you would say, especially as someone who it may not come as naturally to, if someone's an, interested in gardening, but has no experience, where do you recommend they start? I mean, I know this is a really cool tool, but if this is something they can't afford, do you recommend like starting with 
you know, a few window plans. What do you recommend in terms of something that's both budget-friendly and that works for someone who's just getting started? For sure. So I like to recommend starting with herbs because I think herbs are things that you can easily grow on your windowsill. And there's something that you can use to really brighten up your cooking, if you will. So for me, herbs are such a really cool, easy thing to do. Um, a lot of times people will want to start from seeds. And I usually say like, eh, probably not a great idea if you're brand new, like getting something to grow from seeds is actually sometimes relatively hard. Sometimes it can be easy, but if you're trying to get into it, we want to make sure that you have a good experience to start with, right? Yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> so the easier that you can start, the better. Um, and then just, you know, thinking about stuff that you use all the time that might go bad in your in your uh, fridge. So I think herbs are a good place to start. Um, and then just looking, there's so many really cool resources out there that you can see on Instagram. We interviewed somebody called Farmer Nick on Instagram. He has some really great tips. Um, and just thinking about like, you know, the love of houseplants and the love of gardening in kind of a new way, because I'm with you, like, for the longest time, I was like, I can't keep anything alive. Well, then I realized it was because I was using, I'm sure we've all seen fiddle leaf figs, the most Instagram plant ever. And those things are super hard to take care of. Yeah. <laughs> They're really finicky. Yeah. Um, I had one that I kept alive for like four years. And then for whatever reason this year, it just decided it was just not going to be happy and just basically shed all of its leaves. Um, <laughs> so, you know, if you're looking to, to your past performance, I guess, as a gardener, maybe think about the plants that you had, because it's really possible that you pick something that was trendy, but was kind of hard to keep alive. Hmm. Yeah, I actually almost got a fiddle leaf fig. I got this, I found this book one time. This is such a random story. But I found this book, my husband and I were on a trip and I was in an old bookstore and it was called Taking Care of Houseplants or something like that or everything about houseplants. And I remember thinking, I was like, oh, the fiddle leaf fig is so beautiful. And then I read about it. I was like, never mind, <laughs> not going to do that. But yeah, some of them are just more complicated. And I, th I think that was the more complicated one, if I'm getting it correct. But there was just a couple that it's so easy to be like, oh, that's so cool. That looks so beautiful. But would I really keep it alive? And I kind of had to make some not so fun decisions through that. But um, learning and just educating yourself. And I love the idea of starting with herbs that feels very doable and definitely adds a little bit of life to your room too. Last question for you before we wrap up, what are your recommendations for someone who has difficulty staying motivated to live a sustainable lifestyle or to make some of these swaps because it feels like it's not really making a difference, you know, when it comes to the environment? We hear this all the time. And I talked a little bit earlier about climate anxiety or sort of what we feel to be climate anxiety. You know, we see all these awful things going on around us. We see, um, you know, this that recent story with the ocean on fire. Um, like there's so many awful things that get, kind of get thrown in our face. And it's number one, you know, it's, it's important to read about it and understand it. But when you feel helpful or when you feel like you're not making a difference, I really challenge that, right? Like there's always going to be somebody out there who's going to say, well, you not making or you making a swap every day is not going to make a big difference, right? And I, I challenge that because first of all, we want you to feel empowered about changing the world because that's just going to make you feel empowered about the state of things in general. Like I don't want us to be toxically positive, I guess would be a, a phrase, but I want us to feel like there is something we can do because it is like there's yeah. actually a good example of this would be, you know, during the COVID pandemic, mm -hmm. uh, most of us were not traveling to work. And so we actually saw a massive reduction in 
you know, commuting uh, based greenhouse gas emissions across the United States and across the world because people weren't in their cars going to work. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's an example of individual behavior when multiplied on a massive scale, actually contributing pretty positively to the planet. Mm-hmm. So that's like one example that you can maybe tell yourself like, well, like I was at home, I wasn't commuting. You can kind of like do that, mm-hmm. that thought process with yourself. Mm-hmm. And then you can also just see it as an opportunity to, you know, both make a difference in your own life, but in your friends and family's lives. Like you can always have this interesting, engaging conversation with them about eco-friendly living, um, just depending on what matters the most to them. And think about like the change that you can have from that perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so good. Super good. Super helpful. Okay. I love all of this. This has been so interesting and also encouraging. And I really appreciate that you, as much as this is something that you're so connected to and passionate about, that you have such a grace-based approach and a really some really practical steps if someone's interested in beginning this and without it feeling massively overwhelming, because I know changing anything can feel difficult, right? We want to stick with what's easy. So I really appreciate sure. <laughs> that you've shared and just your approach to everything. Where can our listeners learn more from you if they want to read more about, you know, everything that you've shared, dig more into the details, learn about different brands? Where can they find you? Absolutely. So you can find us on the web at brightly.eco, like eco-friendly. That's also our um, username across TikTok and Instagram and all the social channels. You can find us there. We love to post quick little tips and hacks on on all of those channels. Um, And then if you're, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, I can assume that you probably like podcasts. We do also have a podcast called Good Together, uh, where you can listen and we've been featured by Apple a few times. It's one of their favorite picks in this space. So we just really enjoy getting information out to people in whatever medium works for them mm-hmm. and you know however way works for them in general so we just we love doing this <laughs> awesome awesome well thank you so much for everything that you've shared and for the work that you're doing and for just all the tips you've given it's been super helpful it makes it feel a lot more doable and we're just so appreciative of the time that you've given us thanks so much Jordan. i really appreciate it absolutely i'd love to hear from you It makes me so happy to see you tuning into this show. So if you're on Instagram, let me know what your favorite part of the show was by taking a screenshot of the episode you've tuned into and share it on your story. Tag me at Jordan Lee Dooley and tell me what your favorite quote or takeaway from today's show was so that I can see what's helping you and even feature what you share. This keeps me inspired and encouraged to keep creating new content. And it's a great way to share something that your friends might love too. I can't wait to see you in Instagram world, my friend. Thanks for tuning in. To learn more about the She Podcast or to get involved in Jordan's growing community, visit jordanleedooley.com. Thanks for joining in today. Until next time, remain committed to intentional choices that refine your heart, faith, health, and work because your story is much too important to settle for anything less. Listening to your favorite podcast? That's smart. Earning your degree online from Southern New Hampshire University? That's really smart. With 24-7 access to coursework, no set class times, and dedicated student support, you can go to school when and where it works for you. Low online tuition means you can even do it for less. And dedicated student support means we'll be with you from day one to graduation and beyond. Join a community of learners just like you. Go to snhu.edu today to start your free application.